Well, who's ready to hear the word today? We have some people here that are ready to hear the word of God. Go ahead and get out your Bible because we're going to need it today. And whatever format you have that in, you'll want to have it close because we're going to navigate through the word. I don't have a lot of scriptures today. I'm actually just going to, as I begin to work through the process of what I was going to speak on, I'm just going to kind of keep this an open-ended series. We'll see what the Lord wants to do with it. But I am going to be pre preaching and speaking out of Hebrews chapter 11 today. So you can go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Several weeks ago, I would say about six weeks ago, I, I upgraded my computer. Who's ever had a computer upgrade? Okay. Not, you don't get nearly as excited as I do about computer upgrades. I'm like a kid in a candy store. Um, when I have a new item that I've ordered online and it's on the way to the house, I mean, I will track that thing and I will see the last stop. And, and I'm one of those guys, I'll call the kids, hey, has it come in yet? I'll, I'll ask Joy, has it come in yet? I'm one of those guys that will go out of the way. If I'm doing something and I've ordered something significant, it's going to be dropped off. I want to get home. I want to open that thing up because I'm just excitable that way. We're all different. I understand that. But I had upgraded my computer, and um, I had never had a Mac before, so I upgraded to a Mac, and there was a learning curve on it. Who's ever had to go through a learning curve with technology? And I preached on it six weeks ago-ish, and, and I felt that I did a pretty good job with it. I felt that I didn't stumble over it. It's another thing that I challenge myself with in presentation. If you've been here long enough, you've seen me use all sorts of ways of presenting. But who's ever just feel, felt like you've done a pretty good job? Okay. If not, we're going to find that thing that you do a pretty good job at at one point. But we were having a conversation after with the kids and, and I'm not going to mention who this exact kid was, but the initials are EGK. And um, she's like, Dad, great, great job flexing with the Mac. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, yeah, you were flexing. And I didn't know. Is flexing like a new preaching style? Is flexing something that you... I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. So I'm asking questions. She said, oh, Dad, you were flexing. She said, you were showing off the new Mac. Now, I want you to hang on to this thought just for a moment. I've got one kid that is throwing technological jabs, jabs at me. I've got another, another child that is saying, you weren't, Dad. It's fine. You were it's fine, Dad. You were fine. It's fine. I, I was just trying to get up here and not stumble through a message. I was just trying to integrate a new form of technology that would help me. Flexing, you, you could say flexing if you want to, is a way today that a generation uses to say, hey, if you want something to be recognized, or it's a term used that if you're trying to get recognized, what do you have, who are you hanging out with, then you're flexing. Who's ever flexed before? Just hang with me here for a minute and you'll understand. We live in a world of flexing. I don't know if you've noticed this before, but we live in a world today that is plastered with who is hanging out with who, who just got what, Look who I just met. You ever seen somebody like with a celebrity? They're, they're like, they're flexing. 
or that's what a term would be. Look at where I'm going. Look at my opportunity. We have a way. Think about it. I mean, not too long ago, if you go back, does anybody remember which they're making their way back? Anybody remember a Polaroid? That was a quick pick. Who remembers, like, the dark room? Who remembers the dark ages where you actually had a camera, a box? You, you took pictures on it. Then you had to send it off. They would put it in a dark room so it didn't get exposed. Then they would send them back, and you would go pick it up. Not, not all the time, but kind of gone are those days. And we have so many forms of flexing that we could do. I was thinking just in, in listening to my parents, the way that we flex now and the way that we flexed in their generation is very different. In my dad's day, the way that you would flex was a muscle car. We're flexing now. In my mom's day, it was a new hairdo. And they had some back in the day. And they have some now. I understand that. But it's as if each generation uses a different way of flexing, being noticed, getting your stuff out there. And who knows, that can be both very positive and very negative. I think we've all seen that. It's one of the downsides of flexing because oftentimes some can feel isolated because they're just at where they're at in life, where they're at financially, they're never traveling Europe. It's just the reality. It's the downside to it could be that some are looking at a post that was made when somebody was flexing with this people group that is well known. They're like, I don't really have any friends that are well known. I don't have or have not been given opportunities then that have been afforded to me the way that others have. Take a deep breath because this is a cool thing about where we're going. This journey that we're getting ready to take over the next several weeks, as long as the Lord would have us in Hebrews 11, is a journey that everyone has the resources to take. Everyone. There, there is not financial clout to it. There's not something that you have over me. There's not a person that you know over me. You, you might have leverage in certain parts, but not in this journey. This is a journey that each and every one of us can pick up starting today. And, and I'm just going to call it, if you don't mind, for the next few weeks, we're going to call it the faith flex. Can you say the faith flex with me? Now, do we have anybody that MHC that's ready to flex? Nervous laughter. Well, we'll see. Let's preach a little bit, and we'll see if we want to go there. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I do want you to be reminded as we turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that you can flex and still be faithless. You can flex big, loud in the world that we live in, but still lack the faith necessary to be fully integrated in what the Lord has called you to do. We'll read a simple verse here in Hebrews chapter 11. If you don't mind, you can look at the screen or at your Bible. This will keep us calibrated on the translation. If you'll just look, look up here, read it loudly with me this morning. Help me preach. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Read it with me again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is not grasping for straws. Faith is not this, 
crazy hope in life that I get everything that I ask for. Has anybody learned that you will not get everything you ask for? Has anyone lived enough decades where you thank God you didn't get everything you asked for? Some of us truly think faith defined as this. If I ask for it, if I believe it, I can have it, but, but that's not real faith. Sometimes we're stating things and we're believing things, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that aren't even in alignment with God's will for our life. And I talked about it. It's very exhausting to try to get God to line up with our plans. The church shouted this morning, amen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith, faith, you can write this down in your notes today, is the substance of things hoped for. And I'm going to put a period there just for a moment because we're going to spend a few minutes in this part of the passage. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is not just a speaking forth of something that you have. Oh, yeah, Pastor, I've got a lot of faith for that. I, I've got a ton of faith that God can do. Oh, I've been... I've been full of faith for years. It's more than that. How many of you understand that? Faith is more than just something that you state or something that you say. Well, well, of course I have faith. Faith is more than that. Faith is there regardless if you choose to pick it up or not. Well, I've, I've, Pastor, I kind of lost my faith because it didn't happen. Well, did faith quit? Did faith pack up? Because something didn't go down your way, now, now faith is gone. People doubt, even in the church, that they live up and down lives. We, we could call it wishy-washy lives because I didn't get what I thought. Well, faith is not me getting everything I thought that I would get. Amen? But I'm reminded this morning that faith has substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I don't know about you, but I want to live in that lane and I want to live on course and I want to be full of faith the way the Bible says that I can have faith. Faith in Brian's life is there. It's there in your life if I choose to pick it or not, pick it up or not. Many people are hoping today. We often say in the body of Christ, we have to say, yeah, the world is without hope, but the world's hoping for a lot of stuff. Sometimes the world is hoping for more than what church folk are hoping for. There is, there is still, in, in many areas, even with non-believers, there are a lot of people hoping for a lot of stuff. Because it's part of being human. We hope for this or we hope for that. We've got many people that are hoping today, yet they are hoping for something that lacks real substance. And Hebrews chapter 11 really keeps us calibrated with that. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me hear you this morning if you're hoping for anything in the room. I'm hoping for some things. I want to give you a, a transliterated word. We can, it, it derives out of a Greek word. It's the word substance. Now, faith is the substance. The, the word is this, hypostasis. Hypostasis, and it means this. Substance is the English word, transliterated Greek word. Hypostasis means this, a setting under, a support. Watch this. I could insert this word today, and it won't take away from the word of God. Now, faith 
is the support of the thing hoped for. Who's thankful that you've got some faith or some support in your life regarding faith? That I've got some things that I'm looking at. Who Hypostasis, it means foundation. It means concretely. Now, faith is the concrete thing of the things that I'm hoping for. Amen? When we break these words down, it means assurance. Now, faith is the assurance of the thing that I am hoping for standing right here on this stage. A great hope that I have standing here on this stage is is that I can preach it to you the way I heard it inside of me. Amen? So it's a hope that I have. A setting under, a support. Another way of saying this word, hypostasis, is this. It is a confidence. Now, faith is the confidence of what I'm hoping for. Who wants to be confident of what you're hoping for? That confidence is grounded in now faith. Faith right now in our lives. Let let me say it this way. Faith is the underlayment for the load-bearing life of every believer. This building right now is supported by a foundation who's thankful, okay? If we go down to the basement and we rip up the tile, there is a concrete slab. Going around the perimeter, there is a concrete footing. Everything is built on top of that footing, of that support. So we've got the walls, we've got the brick, we've got the mortar, we've got the shingles, we've got the rafter, we've got the windows, all of these things. What is bearing the weight of that is the foundation that we are all sitting on top of. Faith, now faith, is a foundation in your life. It is a foundational thing. Faith is the underlayment. It is the support for the life of a believer. A believer will have to continue to go back to faith being the substance of the thing that I'm hoping for. Who's ever doubted? So if this is the grounding of faith, and I begin to doubt, and and I walk away from what I used to have faith in, I've got doubts. Everyone will. I've got to take that back to the foundation of faith. Wait a minute. Now faith has substance of what I'm hoping for. Faith, that thing that I've been doubting, has substance, and it's rooted, or it's built in, or it's grounded in what I am believing for. You can't live here on this planet, be human, be a believer, and never have doubts. You can live on this planet, be a human, be a believer, and have doubts, but keep it grounded in faith, which has substance, and the substance of this, what are you hoping and believing for today? What is it? God's not trying to trick us. Faith is the underlayment in our life. It is the foundation. It is the concrete thing. It is the assurance. It is the confidence that I have. Did you know faith remains constant even when your situation doesn't change? It's constant. Faith just keeps going. Well, God, I've got a lot, a lot of doubts. I bring that back to faith. Wait a minute. It's, it's got substance in the thing that I'm hoping for. Faith remains stable when the storm won't relent. Who's ever been in a storm longer than you wanted to be in a storm? And by faith, you spoke to that storm. And the rain kept coming. 
You spoke to that storm and another clap of thunder. You spoke to that storm and in the midnight hour, lightning is still lighting up your spiritual sphere. You're, you're sitting there speaking to the storm, wondering why things haven't changed. I just want to remind you today, faith remains stable even when the storm won't relent. Faith is there when human reason attempts to explain it away. Haven't we seen that over time? How, how do you explain God away? How do you explain faith away? You might even have an individual that says, well, you've got way too much faith. How can you have too much faith? Faith is rooted in this. Now faith is the substance of the things you're hoping for. Where you have to come into alignment is the thing you're hoping for in line with what God has for you. I can't go for the thing that I'm hoping for and then blame God it didn't work out, amen? Amen. I've got to say, wait a minute, let's try. God, is this your plan? This is, I've, I've read through it. I've studied through it. This is what your plan is through my life. I'm hanging on to faith. My substance is grounded in the hope of what you are saying and what your word says for my life. Faith is the anchor. As I think about it, faith is the anchor that is connected to every chain link throughout mankind's first initial launch into the Garden of Eden. Faith's never stopped. When God spoke from the beginning of time, let there be light, was there a 30-second delay? Or did light just come? When God says, let this and let that, he, he spoke it by his word, a word that we hang on to by faith. Faith is not a, a thing that is just so hard for us to figure out as a believer, but I want us to start with this elementary thing. Faith is not just something. Faith is substance, and we need to understand that faith is substance. If you have lost your faith, you have disconnected yourself from the substance of what you're hoping for. If I lost my faith, I've disconnected myself from the source. You can write this down in your note, notes. Faith is the flex of a believer. The believer flexes by faith. If you want to flex in the kingdom, you don't flex by boasting about how great you are. And the church shouted, amen. The, 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 the church of today in America needs to practice humility again. We're not to boast in and of ourselves. We're to be thankful that the Lord gave us a gift in the first place. And we remember this, in the kingdom, the way up is down. I humble myself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift me up. And when he lifts me up, and when he lifts you up, you're not the star. He's the star. We've become very good even in the church about flexing. We become, you remember my story that I opened up with. Faith allows us to be rooted in him. When I think through this process, people are flexing a lot of things today, but there's really no bigger deal in life than being his. Boy, that'll flex, won't it? There's no bigger deal. Okay, who would you want to meet over being a follower of Jesus Christ? I mean, fine, put your arm around somebody and point at them because they hit the most home runs. Doesn't touch God. Put your arm around somebody because they preach around the world. Doesn't touch God. God is the source. 
If you are a believer, your faith flex is in the reality that he identifies himself with you. I mean, this stuff will flex. The, the faith flex is just as important in a problem than in a victory. Anybody can flex when it's a great victory. Anybody can. We, we flex in victory. We flex the good stuff, right? You, you don't flex usually the chocolate cake that you made that burned in the oven and now you're trying to scrape that thing out. You flex the nice little cake sitting there with all the little candles on it and it's the birthday party and it's the best cake you made. Isn't that what we flex? What I'm learning is I've got to be able to flex faith in the good time and in the bad time. We've got to have some people that can look at our life and say, you know, that person right there, he right there, she there in their victory and in their defeat, in their good times and in their bad times, they have flexed faith because they are locked in with Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's what I want in my life. Others are watching how you and I respond to both. Right? How do we respond to things that happen in our life? It's not about who we know. It's not about who I've been hanging out with. It's not about the event that I've been at. We'll see this a lot. It's not about the event that needed my assistance to make it better. No. Nonsense. It's about faith in the Lord. We can be flexing and lack faith. So, All believers must, I believe, start with this foundational thing, meaning this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Everything that you are hoping for, if it lines up with God's word, is held up by the foundation of your faith. Let me remind you, it is still there if you choose not to pick it up and operate in it. The substance of faith if we think about this, reaches so far beyond what we hope for in this life, doesn't it? Let me read a scripture for you. Again, let me back up a little bit. A lot of us might think that great faith is seeing God do everything that we ask now. But I want to remind you that there are some things that are hidden from you, and it's supposed to be that way, right, church? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the thing which God has prepared for those who love him. Invisible to me right now. I can't see it. I can beg for it. I can fast for it. I can pray for revelation. But, but God has kept some things for the believer in secret. Our substance of faith is not tethered to everything that we will see happen down here. Life is going to have some disappointments. Amen. The substance of my faith is not tethered to me seeing everything happen down here. It doesn't make you more spiritual or a a Christian elitist when everything you pray for doesn't happen down here. Matter of fact, if you've prayed a lot, you will see some unanswered prayers in terms of what you wanted to see happen. Who would love to pray for the sick, and every time you pray for the sick, they got healed? 
I mean, who would not want that? Well, I don't know, Brian. I'd rather be like, give me like up 30%, three, three out of 10. What would you want? No, you pray the prayer of faith. My daughter Brianna over here is a great prayer warrior. When, when we're sick, she will pray the prayer of faith, simple but, but compound, simple but powerful, simple but some, some complicated things you have to work through sometimes. Pray a simple prayer of faith. God, heal my dad. Take his fever away. I love her prayers. God, just help dad feel better. Thank you, Lord, that you can help dad feel better. Period. Just simple. Our substance is not tethered to everything that we see happening down here. We get it. It's connected to things that he has pray- prayed for us. But, but Brianna and Merrimack Heights Church never stop praying. I prayed for him, but it didn't work out. Okay, pray again. God, I got to be honest. I got to come back to you right now. Understanding that faith is the substance of the things that I'm hoping for. And, and I was hoping for that, but it went the other way. So I'm bringing back my life to you because I haven't lost faith, but I need to stay calibrated in my faith. Thank you that my faith has substance in the thing that I'm hoping for. What do you do when it doesn't go your way? Hope again. You got to hope again because that's what scripture shows us. And that's what scripture teaches us. There are some things that are just not going to be made known to us on earth, or shall I put it this way? Or we're only going to know in part some of these things. The Lord's given us a lot of information. Do you agree with this statement? Faith does not lose its value when the thing you believe for didn't happen. It doesn't crush faith. Faith isn't like, that was a loss today. No. Faith does not lose its value when the thing you believe didn't happen. Matter of fact, I believe this this better helps define faith substance of the things or the thing that I'm hoping for. The faith flex is what we're talking about today. Even if you're just joining us online, we're going to look again at Hebrews 11.1. We've covered half the verse right now, and I want to talk about the other half. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Who likes substance? But but in, in the English here, there is a comma. There's more to it. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith Now faith is the evidence of things not seen. Who wants to see it? You can't if you have faith. I want the substance and the evidence and then I'll have faith. That doesn't work. Because it would require no faith. Man, I really need some water. I'm thirsty. I wish I... I have water. It's... It's evidenced. It's the substance is right here. But if I was really, really thirsty and this was hiding in some other room and I couldn't find water and I'm looking through closets and I'm hoping for a drink and all of a sudden right there sitting in a box is this glass of water, the once hidden thing is now found. The substance and the evidence is now in front of me. We can't call faith what faith isn't. We can't walk around claiming and flexing high faith when we've got the evidence and substance right there in front of us. No, it's in the thing that you can't, you can't see, but you're hoping for. 
You're hoping for the situation to change. You're hoping for the thing to turn around. I mean, it's ebbed and flowed in your life. There's been ups and there's been down, yet I'm grounded to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. You you can't give up and doubt just because you haven't seen it. Don't stop believing for the thing you were believing for when it didn't happen. Now, let me give you the transliterated word of evidence. It's elikos. It's The word is this. It's a proof by which a thing is tested. Elikos is a proof by which a thing is tested. The, the English word evidence derives from that word. Elikos, a proof by which a thing is tested. Somebody say a proof. So you're saying it's proof? Well, well, right now I'm saying a proof. And I want to separate that for a minute because some people are like, prove it. If God exists, prove it. And we say, oh, I have faith. Okay, but did you know that there can be a proof? Brian, I don't. Let's, can we digress? Well, for some of us, can we digress to mathematical proofs. Anybody remember mathematical proofs who hated, and there are many of them, who hated the process of mathematical proofs, which was getting to terms or coming to terms on why there was a certain solution. So, so I want to give you a, a simple, I believe it's a simple mathematical proof that we could use today, and it says this. The sum of any two consecutive numbers is odd. A proof, a mathematical proof. The sum of any two consecutive numbers is odd. Now, let me walk you through this. Consecutive numbers, back to back, right by each other. Let's look at, um, let's look at three and four. Not two and four, because I'm skipping in sequence. Consecutive, back to back. If I say three plus four equals what? Seven. I have just... I have just looked at a mathematical proof. The mathematical proof is that the sum of any two consecutive numbers is odd. Let's, let's use another one. It's, it's not going to be big time challenging. I'm not going to call you up on the microphone. 21 plus 22 equals 43. That is not an even number. That is an odd number. Because a proof, not prove it, a proof. I've got to do work. I had to do something. Not you go do it. No, I, it's a proof. You, you can find it out by, so if I take 21 plus 22 and I get 43, I arrive at a non-number. I mean, we could do this all day. 501 plus 502 is 1,003. Odd number or even number? Mathematical proof. I can do this for 10 minutes. I can do this for 10 months. I can do this for 10 years. Or I could do this for 10,000 years, but it will still arrive at the mathematical proof that the sum of any two consecutive numbers will be what? Odd. So, if I take out my Bible and I read my Bible, the word evidence is also locked into a word, elikos, it's also locked into a word that, that, that has significance for us today and it, it means conviction. Everybody say conviction. And that conviction just simply means that I'm locked into a belief. Now watch this. A 
proof. Prove it. No, no, you do some work. If I sit here today and I read Hebrews chapter 11, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I think through that process that now faith has substance rooted in what I am hoping for. It is evidenced in the thing that I can't see yet. Ten years from now, when I read Hebrews 11.1, story has not changed. 10,000 years from now, when I read Hebrews chapter 11.1, I don't know how the Bible's going to work in heaven. It is the word. It will never return void. It's self-existent. It's going to continue to move because he is the word. I don't know how all this is going to work, but 10,000 years from now, if we were to read Hebrews 11.1, it would remain the same. It would be a constant. It would be a proof. It would be a measurement. It would be truth. It would be a proof. It would be a conviction. Faith is the evidence of what I'm hoping for. Who's hoping for some things? Now, there's some substance in that, but there's some invisible in that. And the invisible is going to be evidenced. You can't see it right now, but you're hoping for it. When will you stop hoping? Well, I guess when I doubt, Brian, your doubt doesn't give you lack of hope. Your doubt just means you've got to stay anchored to faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. I felt this would be fitting today. I'm going to use a modern-day story, uh, not a modern-day parable, but a modern-day story, and I want you to follow me on this timeline. Um, Anybody in here like the St. Louis Blues? Okay? Gave you a shot. The St. Louis Blues qualified for all but nine playoffs in 52 seasons. That's a decent amount. Wouldn't wouldn't you think so? I mean, they've been in the playoffs a lot appeared in the Stanley Cup four times. And this year, not too long ago, the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup. Now, I want you to think through that. Gave you another shot, but that's okay. (laughs) Some hoped. It's amazing how spiritual we can get with hockey. (laughs) Some prayed. You know this? Some people switched teams years ago. Some people just don't like losing, especially like don't take me to like the the top of the mountain and then make me go back to the bottom again year after year after year after year. But can I also say this? Some hung on. Some kept cheering. Some died. I saw an interview of a of a of a husband that was talking about his wife. He had he had her hockey jersey out on the out on the uh, the deal by him. Out on her recliner, she uh, died of cancer several weeks ago and didn't get to see it. He hung on, and what he hoped for was made visible to him a few weeks back. Now, folks, we're talking about hockey here. We're talking about something as far as eternity Unless the hockey players are living for God, sharing their faith on the bus, on the plane, helping people when they have questions about God, unless you're doing that, who knows hockey will come and go. Now, I know how this works because we all think we're going to have our sport in heaven. Of course there's going to be golf 
your favorite thing to do, you know it's in heaven. Uh, Of course there's going to be crocheting. Of course there's going to be pizza. How could you have heaven? How could you be in heaven without pizza? Here's the deal. When you get there, hockey's not going to matter so much. And when you get there, pizza's not going to matter so much. And can I also say this? When you get there, it's going to be a celestial city. But it's not going to be so much the streets of gold, walls of jasper, gates of of pearl. (laughs) Sorry, that was hard to get out today. (laughs) That you're enamored by. You're going to take that little crown of yours. That in it is going to be registered the works that you've done on this earth. By faith. All the things that you did on earth to flex that was not the faith flex, did you know you'll stand before God and he'll burn it away? We're not going to put that Facebook post up. Oh, yeah, Brian, that one, you're not getting any jewel in your crown for that. Look at what was connected to that. But, but this is what the Bible says. When you get your crown, you know what we do down here with Stanley Cups and trophies. We're taking pictures of it from every angle. Get down like this and take a shot. It looks way bigger. You're going to take your crown, and you're humbly going to lay that thing down, and you're going to, for the first time in your life, with no sin, nothing connected to it, you're going to say, this was all because of you, King. That'll flex, won't it? How many of you want to start flexing now that way? This is because of you, Lord. And that greatness in my life is because of you. So since you did it, I'm using it for your glory now. Like right now, God, now faith. I think of that just simple story about a a team that fought and, and they won. But what does that leave you at on this earth? Fighting for it for another year. October 2nd, it's my birthday, is when the next game is, op- opening, opening day. And when you're thinking about that, they're going to come again. N- nothing wrong with this. Listen to me. They're going to work hard for a year. And watch, a guy will play for some of them a couple decades. But at one point, they're going to be looking at him, some teeth busted out, shoulders still a little uneven from everything broken. And he's going to be out of the lineup. He's not going to be playing and engaged in that anymore. Why? Because it's, it's not of eternal value. So the things that we flex oftentimes are not even going to be that big of a deal a week later. They're not going to be that big of a deal a year later or 10 years later. So we want to learn this faith flex in our life. Faith in faith. I have both substance and evidence, and I'm thankful for that today. Don't doubt because you haven't seen it. Many things in life you haven't seen, and and I'm going to land the plane for today. I want to say this. When you have doubts in your life, and you have things that you were believing for, and you didn't see it, don't let that rock your faith. Let that secure your faith. Oh, it's the invisible thing. God, I'm hoping for it. I believe that there's going to be evidence of it. I haven't seen it yet, 
I don't understand why, Lord. Thank you that it's still invisible because it hasn't yet been revealed. Watch this. When the other person has been hoping and believing for it, and it's now made visible to them, can you flex for them and just cheer for them? Can you say, I'm so thankful that you held on to the substance. I'm so thankful that it's now evidenced, and we're both standing here seeing the move of God in your life because he did it. What do we do when we have doubts? What do we do when things seem to go sideways in our life? What do we do when we feel sometimes even so insecure because I feel like, God, I should be stronger than this. I should have more faith. I'm going to tell you, he can handle your doubts. He can handle your fears. He can handle those times in all of our lives where we don't feel really put together and we can come into him and we can say Hebrews 11:1, 1, Lord, let me start there this week. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Pause, Lord. I got to say a few things. I'm hoping for a lot of things. Lord, don't forget that I'm hoping for this and I'm hoping for this and I'm hoping for this. Lord, I'm also hoping for this, and I'm hoping for this, and I'm hoping for this. Lord, let me move on. And it's the evidence of the things not seen yet. So, Lord, thank you that there is some evidence in my life because I've asked for some things by faith and the substance of it. And there's been some things that I've seen in my life. Some of you in this room, you've seen a wayward kid come home. It was once hidden to you. But now you see it because you didn't give up on the substance of hope. Lord, thank him for what he's done. And then say, Lord, thank you for the things in my life that maybe I can't see today. But I'm going to keep hoping and I'm going to keep trusting, Lord. You can also say this, God, if it's out of alignment for your life for me, show me so I could put it on the shelf and hope for something else, Lord. But help me in my moments, God, to live out the faith flex. Help me when people look at my life on the good days and the bad days for them to say that man lives solid for the Lord. That woman lives solid for the Lord, regardless of the storms that come their way.